Hello and welcome everyone to episode 26 of the Dirty Side of the Grid podcast, where we've turned up late to qualifying, and since we're Canadians at the Canadian Grand Prix, we will be starting at the back of the grid with Latifi and Stroll. <laughs> I am Yusuf, <laughs> and I'm joined by my co-host Muhammad. and today we're going to be talking about the Canadian GP, or Yanni, a better name would be Boring GP. Uh, interesting start okay it is it is it was a boring gp the last few races you have to say like were quite boring the last few yeah i feel like this one was no i feel like this one was okay it wasn't incredible but i I wouldn't say it was boring i wouldn't go that far really (laughs) really yeah no i'd say it was actually quite like we missed out on the scs the safety cars uh I guess if you if you had belief that science could actually get Verstappen at the end, it was something. But no, in general, I say it wasn't too bad. Though I like the strategy element of it because mm. the the early VSC at the start caused by whoever was first to go out. I think it was Perez. I don't whoever Perez, was first. Yeah. It was Perez and then Mick. Yeah, it just opened things up with the strategy. So you know the fact that Alonso didn't pit in either of the VSCs. Um, certain people did like once I think it was Max pitted but science didn't it all you know opened everything up I think my issue is you know when science is like chasing Verstappen you just know he's not going to overtake him like he's not even going to come close so it's boring it's like see if it's like Verstappen chasing science it would also be boring because you know Verstappen will catch him and he'll overtake him so it's it's kind of like it's boring like you know when it was George ahead of Verstappen that was very interesting because George, even though oh, he's in a much slower yeah. car, he was actually defending really, really well. And so it makes it very interesting. Whereas with these guys, it was just like, science is ah, it's so boring. Like, it's like, he reminds me, you know who he reminds me of? Bottas last year. Whenever Verstappen would come, he just disappeared. <laughs> you disagree? Okay. Is, is it not okay. the same? No, yeah, I mean, I can't exactly... You can't say I'd, I'd like to think science has better racecraft than Valtteri Bottas. Yeah. But we we will save this. We will have to save this for the uh, best Charles, worst Charles and all well the rest well. of it. That was interesting. I'd say Charles's drive was I don't think I saw Charles the entire race, to be honest. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we'll get on to that. So, actually, yeah, we'll start off with your uh, unrelated thing of the week. If you have like a, a fact uh, or a video or uh, something. I have I have a video if I can find it. It's um, basically last week. You guys don't really know, but I I forgot to look for a thing of the week, so it ended up with me like going last minute to find something. So now I have a few like set up. This one is Toto saying that everyone will have a target on their back next year at the end of the fourth season of Drive to Survive and then it's Louis, uh, Louis coming out of the car in Azerbaijan with his hand on his back and just walking very slowly and he can't walk he said everyone would have a target and it's very funny to be honest I'd say that one is um, yeah that one's a thing of the weekend yeah I can't I mean obviously <laughs> you did show me the video before the uh, before we started recording and I may or may not have laughed so well I uh, We'll swiftly move on. I will link that in the uh, in the YouTube description. You um, did last There's you did. no evidence. I cannot confirm or deny. Um, you did right, in terms we, of both news, know, we both know the truth. In terms of news, uh, the first thing I wrote down is that Melbourne has actually been extended now on the calendar. It's got itself a new contract up until... 2035. I probably should have known. Wow, is it actually that long? No, twenty thirty-five. I mean, it's see, that's no, it's... that's it's a boring race. I don't know. <laughs> like I, it was yeah. fairly more interesting this year, as in I think the improvements they did to the track were definitely worth it, and I think yeah. it added a kind of new element that was very good. But as in, it's not the type of race you go and you're like, I want to add it on till twenty. It's not like yeah. it's not that yeah. kind of track. Like I'm it's trying not... to find just a the news article where they they published it but it's not that uh, that type of track do you get what i mean yeah you'd give it like a one two year kind of thing because the the thing i feel like the only thing melbourne has to their calendar is that section of the world because like when you look at the if you imagine like a map and then you have a pin where every single race is it's quite nice to have one over in that corner of the world like australia or new zealand 
So Melbourne's cool for that sense, but in terms of the racing and stuff, like it's useless. And as we keep mentioning, will they even have an Australian driver on the grid next year? Uh, yes. Oscar Piastri. That was such a sick segue. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to mention but that? But I will, I will say before <laughs> I mention that, it, is, it was very good. Uh, I keep, okay, okay. We'll mention this. Last week, we, talk, we spoke about why would Williams take him in. And we spoke about, you know, Mercedes giving up the power uh, of having like Williams as, you know, like a, a, they supply engines to them and all of that stuff. So it turns out that Mercedes are, are choosing to drop one team and they have to drop one team. And based on like all the calculations, it's very highly unlikely they would drop Aston Martin. So the, the Williams is basically a team they're going to drop. And based on that, uh, Safnar came out and said that next year, uh, Oscar Piastri will have a seat in F1, he confirmed. So, right. based on that, Renault will have uh, will be supplying engines to Williams next year. Yes, Australian Grand Prix renewed until 2035. It can be confirmed, like, sure. Like, you're just Evidence. locking off spaces. Yeah, there is. You're just locking off spaces on the calendar. Like, it's really not worth it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, and, uh, there was it's a like, lot of talk that Spa might not be on the calendar from next year. No. See, this is what I'm saying. This is horrific. This is like, you know how all of these drivers, like Max has signed his like eight-year deal or whatever, and then Charles got like a five-year one. Lando might have got five years as well. All of these are, and then Ocon went and got like three or five years as well. He got like, the same, same length, I think. Exactly. Like, did he really, does it, same way with Melbourne now, like all of these oil money, you can say like, whether Bahrain should have like a 10-year contract or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, it's an interesting... I'm pretty sure Bahrain is actually like one of the highest in terms of overtakes every year. And it's quite a decent track. And these places do have the money. But like, if you have the choice, why are you extending Melbourne for that long? Because it's... Yeah, you have to say like... Like, it's obviously for us, it's inconvenient because the timing of the race is terrible. The race is a boring race, which is a very bad time. So you don't want to watch it and you don't really want it to be there. And it's obviously very difficult. I feel like the calendar this year is horrible, the way they set it up, because you've got... Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, you've got, like, I think it was Azerbaijan back-to-back with uh, Canada. Canada, like, yeah. How, how does that make sense? I feel like with Australia, I wouldn't mind Australia as much if it... Say you had China, Australia... Japan back to back like obviously it's very difficult it's still like a lot of travel but if you go say Australia from Australia uh, like China China Japan generally time zone differences is very small obviously there's yeah. a lot of travel distance stuff but that could be like a, a triple header for instance you go don't go do Azerbaijan US like for, that was literally one of the points Canada. I made so someone just backed out Google Maps and then had you know Baku Montreal and then we're actually going to Silverstone next so they're going to fly over the UK to Canada with a back-to-back -back race weekend, now take the week off, and then end up in the UK for next week, when they could have just gone to the UK first and then done Canada afterwards. Yeah. I, like, uh, with this whole emissions thing and all of that stuff and trying to It doesn't to say, make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, how are you going to be carbon neutral if you're flying across countries like that and then flying back again to go to the next race? See, I don't mind if, say, for instance, you do, like, you start the season off, uh, like, where uh, where did we start the season this year? I forgot. We started in Qatar, or is it Bahrain? Bahrain. Bahrain, yeah. Yeah, we all, we have been starting in Bahrain the past few years. So, I don't mind, say, you start Bahrain, you do Bahrain, you do Qatar, you do Jeddah. Like, three really, like, I think Qatar is actually quite nice. I, I like the track from last year. It was fairly interesting. It wasn't, like, yeah. the most entertaining, but it's just fairly interesting. I really like Bahrain. I think Bahrain is actually a really nice track. Uh, Jeddah, I, yeah, I think you know by this point. Jeddah is, for all the criticism I said, I actually really love Jeddah, the track. So, But I think those three races, if you have those three together, and then you have a break, and then you have, say, like, US and Canada, then you have a bit of a break, then you say go, you have like uh, Australia, China, Japan, or for instance, you do Europe, and then you have Australia, China, Japan, then have a week, then the last week, and uh, like you have Brazil, and then like a week, and then you have uh, the last one in UAE. I feel like yeah. that's a bit more kind of like, obviously they don't want to like, I think what they're trying to do is they don't want to box off areas where it's like you have all the races in 
in Asia or Southeast Asia now. And yeah, then, yeah. And then all the attention is on every other place for the next like however long. Do you get what I mean? Like it's not good for business, but also like when you're trying to be net zero and all of this stuff, with the amount of flying you're doing, the amount of ships you're hiring to move your stuff, all of that. How does that make sense? Like you are actually hurting the environment, you're not helping it at all. You're not actually being net zero, you're making it worse because <laughs> you're traveling yeah, so yeah. much. I think people don't realize how many people are in the paddock because it's not just the drivers flying, it's the whole teams, is them moving all their equipment there. The cars, yeah, everything. The press, like the, all the press are going and it's not just the guys on TV, it's all the guys behind the TV, like the film, like film crew and all of that, the audio guys. All of these guys are moving there. And it's not just Sky of Sports, you know, you've got Sky Sports, you've got the like people from around the world. All of these Sky people Sports are Italy, traveling. Sky Sports Germany, you got all those it other makes channels no sense. as well. Yeah, I feel like the calendar this year is just, it, it makes no sense. And Australia being on the calendar to 2035 is insane. <laughs> Honestly, just like, how how do you put Australia to 2035 uh, and then you're like, hmm, yeah, I think Spa should go. Bro, yeah, like what? the whole calendar is going to be locked off like soon enough, yeah. There's going to be like a one-off race in some incredible track. You know how like COVID, we had like Mugello and Turkey and stuff come back. In a couple of years, we will have a one-off race and it was going to be the most incredible race ever. And we're going to be like, this is incredible. This track needs to stay on the calendar. This was so good. What an incredible race. Blah, blah, blah. And then there'll be no space. Like every track will have a 10-year contract. There'll be no space on the calendar. And then, yeah, like we won't be able to go again. Like, you know, it's, it's filling up. Like there's no free spaces anymore. So which which tracks have I, I know like all the European ones are on their kind of last leg of their contracts. So yeah. Silverstone, Spa, Mon, uh, Monza, Monaco. Like you can't get rid of it. Like for all the, the stuff, all the stuff I say about Monaco, you can't you can't just go and ditch oh, these races. Oh, what you're okay, no, 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 no. Interesting. Like, Mon, Monaco interesting. can go. Monaco can go, but the others really? can't. It sounded like sympathizing with Monaco. Monaco, Monaco, Monaco can't go if you just sprinkle water on the track. Then it can stay. <laughs> if you sprinkle water on the track before the race, I don't mind it staying. Honestly, I, I'm being serious. If they actually get like sprinklers out and just spray the race track, I'll be very happy, bro. Because it actually made the race so interesting. You know, like it's a random timer that randomly sprays water in, like at the beginning and mid race, to keep it interesting. You know that FIA would do all that somehow. Yeah, that true. Really... <laughs> um, another piece of news that is bigger. I don't. I don't think we spoke about this last time. I think it's new, but there is a lot of talk about South Africa coming back. I think we spoke about this last time. No? We did mention. Yeah, we mentioned South Africa. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that might be coming. Calendar, but that's another spot then. If they're gonna. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. If they sign South Africa and they say, I, it's the first time, so they probably only do like two, three years. But if they actually end up doing that, once again, that's just another place in their calendar that's going to be locked off. Yeah. Then you've got so to find that into the logistics. We have Canada's one race that's probably going to stay for a long time. You've got one, two, two in the US, which might go to three, yeah. No, three in the US. We have three? In- yeah, yeah, we're going to have Las Vegas already confirmed. Three, three in the US, so that's four, four races already. Melbourne's five, and then you've got, uh, say, South Africa six. And then you've got, uh, I feel like I've counted South Africa. And then you've got three, three in the, four in the Middle East, that's 10. And then you've got Singapore, China, Japan, that's 13. And then you've got Brazil, 14. And then, you know, you know, you know, the the European tracks. No, you know what the sad part is? Is yeah. they remove Spa, they remove Monaco, and they'll keep France. That is the most annoying <laughs> thing in the world. Like, why? Like, uh, Mexico. Remove Mexico. France has multiple tracks. Like, exactly. Just, why are we going to this bad one? Bad one? And Mexico is going to stay. You know, you know, after all of this and all the stuff I say about Mexico, Mexico will stay and will lose Spa. That's You're just sad. Like, yeah. That's just sad. I'll try to find the picture. There's a picture that a certain account does, I forgot, on Twitter. And they'll do like um, year by year and then fill in the block with a little color if they have a contract for that year. They've done it for the drivers and then they'll do it for the tracks as well. 
So if I find it, I'll uh, link it below. If I don't, then it won't is be there. It, is, is Formula One not reminding you a bit of football in a sense with all these players, uh, not no players, uh, drivers, yeah, but tied to big contracts and essentially like for them to move, you'd have to buy their contract. So you're not really going to go buy their contract because it's very expensive. So essentially the players are going to stay or in this case, the drivers are going to stay at their teams. So if you look at the grid now, Checo's there for two more years. Max is there for uh, however long, like two the or three rest more of his years. Life. Uh, signs two more years. Leclerc has like three more years, I think. Um, who else is uh, Lando, George? What's Ocon, his name uh, for some reason? Ocon for next. some reason has Ocon's a long. There, but Alonso is also talking about negotiating this summer as well because he wants to stay for longer, like. Where where are the, like, you know, like, it was kind of like every year you had the transfer drama, who's going to go where, who's going to do what, you know, because people had, like, two-year contracts and all of this. Even the people that had, like, say, say Lewis had a one-year contract. He knew he was going to sign with Mercedes. You know? yeah. Sebastian knew he was going to stay. It's just about negotiating it and then confirming. But, like, uh, this four- or five-year contract, I, I actually really dislike this. Like, uh it yeah. ruins a lot of the, even if the drivers stay in their position, it just ruins a lot of the drama, you know, like. It ruins oh, their own thing as well. Is he, is he going to stay? Is he going to leave? Is he going to do this? Uh, and yeah. uh, we're going to have Drive to Survive for two more years. That is confirmed. Nice. There was, um, yeah. also no, on the no, driver it's... topic, like just, <laughs> it's not, it's... I think um, surely it's not good for the drivers either. Because if you truly like, back your potential locking yourself in for a deal for like five years do you not think your value is going to increase but like, you have to look you know, at you know it I mean? no i get what you mean i get what i mean like say say you sign like a small contract like lando signs like a say 10 million a year deal and then goes and he's you know fighting for a championship and stuff he is locked into exactly. that contract exactly. and you can't push it to like what well, max is making which is like 25 million Lewis is making 40 million like these big big no, big i contracts. think max is making 40 now as well is, is but even then 40? if you imagine like yeah so yeah exactly like, so imagine max he won his championship he's doing all this 25 million stuff he had to renegotiate a new long-term contract but they did do that with lando as well they did do it with Lando where they signed a Monaco and then they signed a new contract after their season ended, actually, where they renegotiated the, the fund, like however much he's going to make. So I think it's it's not, I think there are clauses in there where if the team's not performing well or if you're performing well, there will be kind of a renegotiation of sorts. Uh, oh, okay. But you also think Daniel Ricciardo where he's not performing and he's guaranteed this his money. This guy is stealing a living. Gee, <laughs> that look. Also, actually, on the topic of driver contracts, I'm pretty sure I saw that Pierre Gasly will be staying at AlphaTauri next year. Pierre Gasly staying at AlphaTauri next year. So, so for next year, we've got Red Bull confirmed, Mercedes confirmed, basically, um, Ferrari confirmed, uh, yeah. Williams probably with Albon and a Piastri. Uh, it will be the case of, I think Latif is going to go. Albon is like destroying him this year, to be honest. Yeah. Like you have to say, it's, it's not even a competition. He, uh, Latifi is performing very, very badly this year, which is very shocking because he was kind of like on an upwards trajectory. Like even if it was slow, he was going up. Now yeah. it's just going nowhere. It's just going down, bro. Um, yeah, Gasly. I think Gasly will stay. I think Tsunoda is actually performing very well so far this year. As in, he, he has in scored overall, points. Yeah. I think, excuse me. It's not the case where last year he was getting destroyed fully by Gasly because Gasly is also performing like yeah. relatively okay. So I think when you compare him to Gasly, you realize he's actually picked up the pace and he's done really well. Like he's only had, I think, one big crash so far this year, where, which was literally yesterday in Canada. But since then, he's actually been fairly consistent since the start of the season. So I would say like... He's done he's done a fairly good job. So I don't see him leaving. But I also see Red Bull saying that, you know, maybe we should like we have so many talented drivers. Why don't we go and put like Liam Lawson in the car or we put it, any yeah. of these really good guys? Like there's no way they keep the up. same uh, lineup for too long. 
Like it's been a little bit too long before since they've changed something. And the whole point of Alpha Tauri is to prepare drivers for Red Bull. So Yeah, so the difference in points between Tsunoda, he has eleven, Gasly has sixteen. Sixty six zero. One six one six. Oh, oh, that's nothing. Sixteen. So it's a difference of five points. So I think that puts into perspective how good he's actually been doing so far. Uh, obviously, eleven is not exactly like great, but then Alpha Tari doesn't have incredible yeah, pace. True. Uh, yeah. Two things left. First thing, Lewis Hamilton is now an honorary Brazilian. He has citizenship, which is means he? yes. So the Brazilian GP is his own GP. That's what I'm saying. If we finesse some stats, he has completely gone clear because he always like he wins Silverstone a lot. And then if you no, know, he's, he has the most wins at wins. home. Without exactly. the Brazilian, without the Brazilian GP, he has the most wins at. Uh, and now at you his own add GP. on the Brazilian GP as well. Yeah, but that's not really his home GP. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's, it will it's, be. You know, what? I want to go to Brazil. Sure, but it's so, not really. I want to watch this. It is all right. It's fine. That's what the record books say. I write them. Yeah, you write them. Yeah. Sure. Speaking of books, because I'm coming with the segues today, the FIA did exactly what Yusuf said they would. And not only are they going to intervene with porpoising, but they, they've announced they're going to, but they can't yet because they need to figure out the system that they're going to put in place. They need to measure it. They need to decide what the, the threshold is for what's dangerous and what isn't. So... It's bit, pretty much exactly what we said. Yeah, I think you mentioned the whole idea of them measuring the porpoising and limiting it, uh, yeah. which I thought was a good idea in terms of not affecting team performance, but rather limiting the the teams that are essentially, like say Mercedes essentially, from increasing yeah. the porpoising so they can get some, like it will slow them down a bit, uh, but to keep the drivers safe. But we, you mentioned, I think that's the best way of doing it. And these like teams will have to find another way to get quicker. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Um, Sebastian sense. Vettel might be leaving next, like this might be his last year. There is talk that he might be retiring soon. Is this based off something he said? No, no, this is rumors. Oh. But when you think about it, it does make sense. It does. It does. I don't know. We'll have to see. I think he. Um, I don't think he did too he just bad. Like, what? Race, <laughs> I don't. I thought it was going to be based on something else because, like, you always just assume pretty much every year, like, oh, is he going to retire this year? He's going to wait till next year. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, I think with the run I'm on right now, you're just like, is, is it going to yeah, be true? <laughs> <laughs> is it going to be true? Is it going to be Maybe true? The, he was P12 this race. In the summer break, we will maybe I'll get you to write down like all the teams and all the drivers for next year before the contracts come out and the calendar. I'll, well. I'll say one thing. Uh, this week is I know we're not we haven't like I have to mention it just because every week we sit down and we destroy Danny Ricardo. Yeah? And my friend who is a huge Danny Ricardo fan. Uh, cries at home and he's very upset that basically we're destroying Daniel Ricciardo. So I have to say this week, Daniel finished way ahead of Lando Norris, but he still did finish in P11, which is disappointing. But <laughs> he finished way ahead of Norris. So I'll give him, I'll give him this, I'll give him this. Daniel Ricciardo did well, and he 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 beat Lando, but he didn't score points for it. So yeah, that's that's as far as I'm going. Nice. That's that's all you're getting out of too much credit. Yeah, step by step, we're, we're getting there. Um, I mean that pretty much summarizes the news bit. Do you want to go? Do you want to do the sixty second summary? I don't think it will require that much. You want to time it and see if I can. What did I do last yeah, time? Was, it was twenty two point eight, I think. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it is. I've still got it up actually. Yeah, twenty two point eight. I'll try and beat that this week. There's right. not much to say. Um, okay, okay. Ready. All right. Yep. Set. Okay, you you tell you say go. Okay, okay. Three, two, one, go. Verstappen took pole. George Russell went on dries in the wet and spun. <laughs> um, Hamilton got a podium. Angela jumped in the river. A lot of VSCs. Mick Schumacher went out again. Uh, Perez unreliable engine. 
and Charles with an incredible drive, science, you know, science, and that's basically it. Oh, so, 23, 76. No, no, no. <laughs> science, boys. Because of it science, was. you know, if I stop before science, it was. Okay, I can, I'll take that. I'll take that. That's still good, though. But I, still, I, I think I've covered everything. I didn't miss out much. You yeah, know who's. Much everything, to be fair. You know who's surprising that I think has been kind of going under the radar and has, has actually been doing. Fairly okay for a first, like for a rookie and everything. Like he's not, he's not broken any records, oh, but he's done okay. Your underrated drive for this race? No, he's not my underrated drive. I'm just talking oh, like not. people oh. forget. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't. I, I keep pronouncing his name incorrectly, but as in, he's done okay so far. Yeah. Yeah, you oh, know what. I, like he's, he he's had a lot of right? DNFs. He has had a lot of DNFs, mainly yeah. because of unreliability. But like he, he he did score points this race, and he's been doing like fairly okay. Like to be fair, he's doing way better than Mick Schumacher. So, who's the only other really like you can say rookie? Right. And Mick Schumacher's I mean, in a way better car. So they were kind of. I don't know. The the cars were kind of actually. To be no, fair, yeah, he he's he's had wasn't a slightly faster car, but they were kind of even. Like Bottas and Magnussen were doing quite well. I think they were doing really well at the start of the year, but he yeah. So <laughs> Joe got like um, two P eleven finishes. Uh, he got like I think a P fifteen, a P eighteen, um, the P eight, a P ten, and the rest are DNFs basically. And it's not like he's not crashing. His DNFs purely like unreliability. It's not when like excuse me. It's not like it's unreliability. So when you take into consideration most of his races, he's been out because of unreliability of the car. When he's there, I think he scored points or got P11 or scored points like say half the time, and then the other half is like P15, and then once he's uh, once P15, once P18, P11 yeah. twice, and then scored points like two or three times it's okay like across the board you generally say it's it's like it's fairly good like he's ahead of yeah i wouldn't compare him to latifi to be honest just because the car is way better but like when you look at um i think the closest to him is mick schumacher to be honest and i think because if you compare magnuson and bottas they're kind of fairly close in terms of performance of the car and what they're extracting of the car. So you can kind of draw conclusions between Mick and Joe and kind of try and kind of gauge what they're doing. And he's doing way better than Mick. Yeah, he does have five more points. I mean, they're, they're respectable performances, to be fair. He definitely, um, I remember more at the start of the season, he was definitely being praised. I, I guess he kind of disappeared because of those reliability issues, but he's, he's not bad. He's doing all right. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. He's not like destroying any record, uh, records. He's not going and winning this and stuff. Um, but he's, he's doing okay. Um, Mick. Honorable mention. Yeah, honorable. Uh, Mick. No, Can we'll, we talk we'll about allow Mick? Mick. No, no. Let's start. Let's let's start on a positive note. Note at least. Okay. We'll, uh, okay. We'll let's, talk let's about Let's get him the then. nice stuff out of the way. We'll okay. Him. Okay. Uh, honorable, not honorable mention. I think best best performance by far is Charles. Like I don't think there is a wow. conversation about. Who else do you think? He went again from like, was he P18 or where was he? Right. Yeah, I just saw him get stuck to behind P5. quite a lot and all of this DRS trains here and there. Like, he, yeah, but he did well, but and obviously there were like good recovery drive. involved. Do you know what I mean? But still good recovery drive. Certain man, you know, best drivers come back from 30 seconds behind to P4. So, who are, gonna, who, are you, who are you going to, who are you going to say it was the best driver this, then, if not oh, Charles? Oh, oh, oh. Max is such an easy option to go for. Yeah, but no, Max. And I Max, feel like Max, his drive was superior to to Leclerc's. Really? I feel like you don't want to give him credit because it wasn't testing. Like it was a lead from the front kind of thing. But that's the thing. Like if you take the like when Max takes the lead from the front, like he's gonna win. <laughs> like... We're just gonna leave him aside for now. I don't um, think he like. I think 
a recovery drug, even if you got stuck in traffic for a bit, even with the VSCs, is quite impressive. Obviously, yeah, like honest, no I would say, that. I would say, like you know, when we were talking about Lewis's, uh, he had a very good driver. I forgot where he came back from the very back. Yeah. I think that that one time that race, George had a really good race as well, where he managed to keep Max behind him for a very very long time in a slower car. He kept Perez, both the quicker cars, DRS, everything. Uh, that's why I think I was talking more about George this time, at that time. But this time, there's no one right. who who went out of his way and did something like impressive like that. So that's why I'm saying Charles ahead. It's not. I'm not hating on Lewis. Don't Ooh. cry. Ooh. Mercedes strategy, not because they did incredibly well, but because the bar is on the floor and they actually like. There were two VSCs, I think, if I'm counting right, and a safety car. And they didn't bottle it at any opportunity. Like I know I'm giving them like Ferrari standards, but like at the same time, they've done it a few times now. And P3 and P4, that's what the second biggest points haul. No, hold on. That's 27. That's the biggest. The first, yeah. Yeah, that is. Do you think Mercedes were the constructor with the most points out of this race? Do you think some uh like since last year? Mercedes have been a bit unreliable on strategy. It's like if yes. you have to choose one team where you like to turn to for strategy, it's no longer Mercedes. I feel like now Red Bull's yeah. way ahead. Like Red yeah. Bull are like they're ahead on pit stops, they're ahead on strategy, they're ahead on the car. <laughs> <laughs> is is a case where now they are the best team on the grid by far. Do you oh actually here's an interesting stat, right? So the last time, I think Red Bull have just gone and won six races in a row. The last time they did that was with Vettel in 2013. But to be fair, to to give Vettel his credit, those six were just purely him. These six have been Verstappen and Perez swapping, mainly Verstappen, obviously, but still. Do you think this could be the start of a dominant era for Red Bull? Because they were obviously quick last year, and now this year they could win you know, both championships be interesting to see i i don't think i think it'd be very tough to maintain the kind of like level that mercedes had in the last few years because they had like all the development time they wanted and the, all the money they really wanted whereas this year there's the budget cap which you really need to speak about but there's the budget cap there is the um, you know, like the time in the wind tunnel, the CFD time, all of that. So you need to yeah. be very smart about where you're spending your time and all of that. So that's why I think having the best engineers is going to be a, a very big thing. But if they manage to do that, I see them like winning, but I don't think they'll win seven or six back to back. Seven, like Mercedes, eight actually. I don't see that. Yeah. It's, um, I think that's too far. Maybe like, I think they might win like the next four. Like Max will win. Wow, wait, back. hold on. They'll win four back to back. Yeah, I think then, then like, I think it'll be a case of they'll win kind of four and it gets harder as you go and then they drop off a bit. I don't see them, like, not necessarily four. It might be two, three, four, but I see them winning maybe a few and then dropping off a bit. Yeah. Because you have okay. to think they've already won one now. So if they win a second, they've won two drivers, consecutive drivers, championships, which uh, is yeah, realistically, yeah. realistically where we stand today, they will win this year. If things carry on how they are, yes. But yeah. the other only other team that can fight against them is Ferrari. And we were literally talking about how unreliable their strategy is. Yeah, I don't know if you can trust Ferrari to put on a good. No. I don't know no. at what point we're going to see Ferrari put on a good championship battle. Uh, anyway, we'll uh, move on from best. I say, I guess we're going to give it to Leclerc. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, no one else really stands out as like everyone just slotted into it. The problem is, here's actually what I wanted to talk about. Normally at this point in the season, uh, everyone just kind of, you know, they've, they've stopped the whole, oh, we haven't, this isn't a representative circuit. This is just the first, second, 14th race. We don't actually know where our pace is, blah, blah, blah. This is now like, we should know what the pecking order is. We should know. But you don't. Red Bull's the fastest car. Ferrari's second fastest. Mercedes third. But 
And then, you know, everyone else as well should be able to fit into their positions. The midfield is all over the place. Mercedes can either come third or be out in Q1, and we have no clue which one it could be. And then with the rest of the teams, they're either, you know, with Red Bull and Ferrari, they're either winning or retiring. Why, at what point do we know where everyone is? Because it's very hard to give drivers credit for how good they are when their car just could be four fastest one day and then 10th the next. Interesting. I feel like with the, like the design philosophies this year, they've went for a very different design philosophy. So it's a bit more extreme on the car can be very good at one circuit and then the next circuit, the car is literally just, you're saying Mercedes are third fastest at one track and they're closing in on Red Bull and Ferrari and then the next track they're out in Q1. So I think the, the car plays a much bigger role this year in that sense. Um, the design philosophy of the car and what it's kind of been aimed at. Um, the midfield, I think, is very interesting. I think it's actually a bit exciting that going into every race, you honestly have no clue who's going to be where in the midfield. Like, yeah. it's getting more and more... Like, the more it goes on, the more confused you are because you're going to an extra sec. To be fair, like, there are a few teams, I think, that you can kind of put them at the top. Like, I think Alpine are okay. Um, Haas, Haas are a bit, like, yo-yo-y. Like, one race is actually really good, one race is terrible. Uh, but yeah. as in consistently up there, it's Alpine and probably Alfa Romeo. Those are consistently up there. Consistently yeah. at the bottom is, like, Williams, basically. McLaren, yeah, McLaren, Aston Martin, Alfa Tauri, and Haas kind of yo-yo a bit. But I think Haas probably has the most, out of those guys, the highest kind of performance when it is suited to their car. Yeah, they get the most peaking, Haas is yeah. top. And probably Aston Martin would be the closest to Williams when they go slow. Yeah, so that's yeah. the, I think it's more along the lines of now, instead of knowing exact pecking order, is you know kind of roughly bottom bottom worse yeah i see that yeah you know, so it's not three. points on a, and a then, graph it's like sliders like yeah the, exactly the yeah lines. yeah i think that's more kind of where we stand now and i think from racetrack to racetrack it will make a very kind of different conversation like it can be this week you're really good next week you're terrible and so on and so forth but it keeps it interesting i think that i actually really like that because going into every obviously if you support a certain team religiously it's going to be very difficult because going into the next race you're like so are we going to be competing for a win or are we going to be last? It's not very nice. But as in, I think for the show is very good because going into every race, you're seeing different people competing with each other, um, like at the front in the midfield and at the back to go. I mean, it's not yeah. the same race every week. And I think it's bringing out like some of the kind of the talent that we know is there that may not necessarily, we may not have seen like True. people against yeah. each other. You go, I mean, like, um, with maybe Magnussen being able to fight up That's ahead exactly. with the Mercedes, yeah. um, seeing him also fight with Vettel in the middle, seeing him, like, he would not necessarily have been fighting with Vettel a few years ago. Uh, and so on and so forth. Bottas in the midfield, up ahead, you know, fighting a bit with the Mercedes. That's very interesting. And then seeing them drop at the back and kind of struggling is it keeps kind of keeps everything interesting. I think going into the season, everyone was like, "Oh, this team's gonna nail it. This team's gonna nail it." And before you knew it, you knew everyone's gonna nail it. But everyone forgot someone's gonna have to be the slowest car. But yeah. I think this keeps you interesting, whereas you don't necessarily have a pit. It's not like last year. To be fair, I think the midfield was a bit like scrambled, depending. So Alphatari is sometimes really quick and then sometimes okay. But this time is way more extreme. Yeah, definitely. Like in the past few years, it's been, they'll, they'll be around the same in terms of pace, but then strategy might play a part in it or driver skill or whatever it is. But now it's completely like one race, you'll be in a much faster car, maybe still competing for the same positions. And then the next, your car's just non-existent. But We'll go from, uh, we'll save worst for now. Do you have like a, a nomination for underrated performance? Like a, a decent mm. drive you saw no one's really commenting on? I'm thinking, wait, let me look at the grid. Let's be fair, I've got the results up now and the names that are standing out. 
I feel like Stroll because Aston Martin had no quality pace somehow. Ocon. Ocon, yeah, somehow finishing above his teammate, even though his Adam teammate Bottas started well. in second. Oh, I think yeah. when you talk about like someone that's a bit surprising, I have to you have to we mentioned Mercedes. I think you have to mention them as well, like getting a P three P four. Is like taking yeah. advantage of like obviously they only got P three P four because like one Red Bull's out and one Ferrari is at the back of the grid. But you have to mention them. I think Ocon probably Bottas maybe. Um, Actually to be fair, the first Red Bull wasn't even in front of them. So they, yeah, exactly. they've got pre-free because Leclerc was out. But to be fair, Lewis as well, after the safety car, wasn't dropping off them that slowly. I mean, that quickly. Like, he was obviously, he was never going to be in the fight for the win. But he was within, like, three seconds of them for, like, ten laps. So they were losing time, but they weren't losing as much as you'd expect them to, which was surprising. Uh, I think they are so starting to close in a bit on in terms of pace. But I think there is still a, a massive gap. And this is the first time in quite a while Hamilton finished ahead of Russell, which yeah. is, I think now we start to see kind of a bit more of a, uh, let's say, um, performance-wise against each other. I think Lewis may be starting to find his feet in the car. I think Russell was able to maybe cope with the car consistently better from the beginning. It might be the case Hamilton, they said, was running a heavier car and all of that because of the we're gathering data but yeah yeah it'd be more interesting to see it now where they're kind of like Hamilton starting to pick up and then will Russell kind of rise to the occasion will he drop off a bit all of that stuff he he has been probably the most consistent this far in the sense that he's been in the top five every single race I think he's the only person who's done that so far um it's very impressive uh, I think people thought he'd pro- probably perform way worse when he jumped into the Mercedes. He'd have like he'd get torched by Lewis, whereas he's, he's, yeah. he's a bit ahead. But I don't know on the topic of uh, he's he's good and he's definitely consistent. And I don't think people would have expected they definitely would have expected maybe the pace, but the consistency is definitely impressive. It's just with the whole data collection thing, the car being out of the way and whatever it is, I didn't want to entertain this stuff, but just to put it out there for people with people lacking brain cells, like safety car equals tires. There's, what is it, 15 laps to go, I think, once the safety car comes in. There was meant to be a battle for third between these two drivers in equal cars. And personally, I didn't hear any team radio talking about team orders, but I'm pretty sure Lewis went and put, what, five seconds on his head in, in 15 laps. So, like, I don't want to talk too much, but with this whole but stuff... But then like, you can say at the same time, he's, he was data he's, he's, finished, start of the... he's, he's finished ahead of Lewis so much. Like, Lewis was yeah, data collecting for a few races, but then he's bro, still the finished luck ahead of him. mad. The luck was so mad this year. Excuses. Like, literally, Excuses. almost every single Excuses. instance where something happened, there was a safety car that helped him out. There was a VSC. Lewis was running extra kilograms of sensors. He was mad experimental, even in FP2, actually. He was mad experimental with his setup to the point where he said, you know, all the quotes came out of him saying, this is my worst ever car or whatever it is. Because he was running some mad setup and George is just on the control setup, like the the like the usual expected one. So excuses. I love how you've switched already. So I'm not switching, but just, I have to I have to present a balanced argument. Uh, no, fair play, fair play. <laughs> I still think I still think over the course of the season, George has been much better than this. Um like Lewis, like you have to say, even with the bad car and everything. All Lewis has been doing has been complaining since the beginning. Like, come on, like you've won so many championships. The moment you're in a back car, all you're doing is complaining. Like, I get it at the same time, like, like from a look, Muhammad says is just going through so many emotions right now. He's like, like he's he's dying inside. Like, I get it. If you're used to a good car, you're used to having the best car. But like you assume when he g- jump into a back car, the moment like it goes bad, he still has the spirit to fight. But literally, he went to the back of the grid. He's like, "Now nah, let's retire the car, save the engine." He Did only he went on because the engine. No, go fight! Like normally, like Bro, I, would, <laughs> I heard that radio. You know, I heard that radio. 
and I was I was dead surprised. I'm not gonna lie, I was actually very confused because Lewis at that point would just put his head down and catch up, even yeah, if he's gonna get this point. <laughs> yeah, but it, the message the message in itself was shocking. Like the fact that he was actually considering like let's just go and like essentially lap one was it? Yeah, it's the first lap. Let's go park the car and save the engine, bro. Yeah. It's, it's surprising the fact that I think if it comes from anyone else, I would not be surprised. The fact that it comes from Lewis, I think that's a surprising thing. You think with the winning mentality, he wouldn't give up so much. But I think that's, this is probably his first time being in a car that is so uncompetitive in the sense that he, he can't compete for wins unless something goes horrifically wrong at the front. But they're actually so far behind the front two, he can't compete at all. I don't think he's been in a car this bad before, and it's probably not an experience people he's have, enjoying. Yeah, people have compared it to 2009. That was the first season I was watching F1, I think, so I don't exactly mm. know too much about that, but yeah, it's probably, I mean, with the bouncing on top of it, it's probably worse than his 2009 car. Yeah, where was But all I'm going to say is it was confirmed that in Baku, when he said the whole thing about his seat going cold, that was literally numbness from the bouncing. So his back literally got so sore, it was numb. So he actually couldn't feel his seat. And that's why he radioed and saying it went cold. So you have to, you have to give him, you have to give him the fact that you have to give him the fact that he's a lot older. So his body is probably like George is a lot younger than him. So his body would probably be able to take way more punishment from the bouncing and all this stuff then lewis will be able to take like in that sense if you get what i mean but it's interesting yeah. it's interesting and see as the season goes on how it goes and cool. hopefully hopefully george finishes ahead so i can roast you for the end last of the season to be fair you know lewis's proper rival is max and max is so far ahead he's destroying him so i'm happy right, max well, will get a second one that will make you nice yeah. You know what will make you even happier? This is now time for the worst performance, and you can finally have that rant about Mick Schumacher you've been dying to mention. So do you want to go into your worst performance of the day? Mick Schumacher. <laughs> so I, kind of I can't say Daniel Ricciardo. I can't say Daniel Ricciardo now. He actually performed quite well. I think it's Mick Schumacher. I, uh, the guy's shocking, man. He, he qualified P6, and then... Where is he? Oh my gosh. I'm not even going to say anything. I'm, I'm just going to. No, no, go on. It's for, it's so far. You know, the only reason he's in F1 right now is just because of his dad's name. Like, that's the only reason he's in F1. Bro, the guy can't even. Like, you know, everyone's like, wait, second season. He picks up in the second half of the season. Oh, bro. He's terrible. Like, when is he going to actually start scoring points? He can't score a. A single F1 point. Latifi scored points. You know, Williams, bro. Latifi, no, think about this. Think about this. I want you to actually think about it. Latifi scored points in a Williams. And he can't score points in a Haas that got P5, bro. Or is it? Yeah, he got P5. What? That's tough. You know, I I read a thing. Tough. (laughs) Tough. That doesn't quite cover, bro. No. I, I read a thing last year on Twitter that said, um, uh, oh, what was it? It said, um, I think Michael and Yoss accidentally swapped kids from birth. So now Yoss Verstappen has been raising the actual Schumacher kid and Michael's been raise it, uh, raising the Verstappen child. So yeah. it would make sense. Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, that that would be that would be hilarious. You know what? You know who else is in contention? Speaking strictly about this race weekend, Sonoda. What on earth was that? Like I know there's not a lot of space, and I know your tires are cold, but how on earth are you going to go straight into the barrier, like on fresh? That was tires? shocking. That was shocking. That's so embarrassing. As a big yeah. grown F1 driver, it's shocking. Hundreds of thousands of pounds going into this man's pocket to drive that car and he bottled it out of the pit lane like you've just you're driving down to like 50 miles an hour you've just turned off the limiter and you're telling me you couldn't last five seconds before you put it in the wall that's so bad 
that's so embarrassing. Like, I don't even know. I actually just don't know. Like, I've, stuff like that kind of ruins his his trajectory because you think like you know he's putting in good performances and it's going and well. And then he has this one very bad one, doesn't it? Yeah, I think he was actually ahead of. I don't know if he fully was, but he might have been ahead of Gasly. Either way, though, I ran a similar place on the track at the time. And then, yeah, how are you going to go and do that, to be honest? It's, uh, I don't even know who else is in contention. He was thinking about the sushi. He wanted to go for some sushi. Bro. <laughs> nice. There's, oh, you know what? No. One more. Alonso. Starting P2 and ending up behind your teammate. What is that? Two VSCs. And you're not going to pit in either of them. And then you're going to end up in the midfield. How are you going to start second and end up in the midfield? The guy was talking about sending out the inside of Max Verstappen at turn one. And he's finished. He finished P7, but then got a penalty and got pushed down to P9. So after a P2 start, the guy's looking for 25 points. But, you know, maybe a, a podium was doable. I think with the, the Alpine pace, I feel like they were a bit slower than the Mercedes. But, you know, we'll say some defending with VSC's strategy. P3 was on the cards. And he went home with two points two points to his name and he's trying to negotiate this new contract and he's trying to you know like say he wants to earn money and all of this and he's faster than Ocon and all the rest of it maybe he's the worst performance this week we can let me make sure my craft this week yeah you know what yeah we might have to back Alonso purely because he talks himself up as well like not just mm. because of the performance but because he talks about diving up the inside of Max and doing all the rest of it I feel like that is tragically embarrassing. Plus, I actually saw the clip of him and what he got the penalty for. It was horrific weaving. Like, it was actually, it was dangerous. It was a slam dunk penalty. It was pretty bad. He moved like five times. So, I'm sure want to see this now. <laughs> I'm sure someone's posted it on YouTube by now. I think I saw it on Twitter. And while you search for that, is there anything else you wanted to mention? Because no, I'm good. I think that's about it, to be honest. Yes. Yeah, I think that's all. I'll get the uh, fantasy stuff up. Because no. I've been completely catfished this week on fantasy. Like, completely. So I was watching the practice. Okay, I wasn't watching practice. Who watches practice? But I, I checked the results of practice. And obviously, the third one was wet. So I'm looking at the first and the second one, ignoring qualifying because... If you set up your car for qualifying, even if it's wet, you're kind of finessing yourself with that DRS straight. So no one's going to go extremely high downforce. I was like, right, what are the teams that are going to be well? Alpine, so I put Alonso in there. Aston Martin were looking quick for the whole of practice and then dropped a P's like 17 and 18 in qualies. Tragic. Like I got catfished so hard. Who else was there? Perez was dead, but I've had him in there because I knew Leclerc was going to have a penalty. So I thought Leclerc with an engine penalty being sent to the back, I'd rather go and turbo Perez. Uh, that was dead. Gasly was in and around P8 kind of thing in practice. Goes and drops to like P15. So like, I basically what I'm trying to say is I got finessed so hard that I was thinking I was going to do extremely well. And I ended up coming, hold on. I ended up coming, that's, wait, what? It says first in Canada, I'm pretty sure I came. How many points did you score? 76. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, 76? I came, I came like, um, what was it? No, I think I got 100 and a bit. Yeah, you came last. I came 12, I think. When it was yeah, from 13. I don't know why it's showing that. Yeah, out of 13, I think I got the 12th score in terms of points this race week i don't know why it's showing up as 147 that's wrong oh it's so tragic and then you has had no pace in practice absolutely no pace oh i came in six and you bagged points as well uh 160 is still second he actually extended his lead a bit but i have my mega driver now yeah, that's the thing. The user still has the Mega Driver to use, so it's looking like a net P1 once he uses that. If, if, if it works. It goes to plan. Yeah, if, if the guy retires, you're so screwed. 
So we'll have to see about that. We do have someone in the group who, who did use it and it went sideways and they actually actually came, I think, like quite far down that one week where they used the Mega Driver. Yeah, I feel like I, I don't know what Perez actually got in terms of points, but I think because the turbo doubles it, I might have got even more minus points, which... Yeah, you got in minus just, 18, I think. 16, yeah, 16, it's just think. what you love to see, really. Isn't it's it? Cool. I feel Let's like talk I'm going to get dunked on as well in the other one. Yeah, it did get doubled. Oh, I feel like I'm going to get dunked on with these as well, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, let me get the results up. Oh, this is, I'm not looking forward to this, you know. I'm never looking forward to this. Okay, Why? we're going off qualifying and not the start. Where's the, the score? Let's up. let's just set the score for us. Is it six two? The score is currently six two. Okay, let's go. Right. So quali. The qualifying top three. Wow, wow. Okay. So qualifying was wet. We didn't know this at the time. The actual result was Verstappen Alonso Science. We both went with Charles Pohl. Wrong. Yeah. We, you went with Max second. I went with Perez. Also wrong. And then we went with the other Red Bull driver as third. Damn. So we've that's, got zero basically. <laughs> that's a fat donut. Um, the race result. Oh, oh no, no! Why have I done that? You said Max win. Okay, I got one. Which is wrong. Charles third, which is wrong. Okay, I got one. I said Perez win. <laughs> wait, wait, it gets worse. Leclerc second and then Carlos third, but Carlos came <laughs> second. I told you to put Lewis in third. You remember, I actually told you to put Lewis in P3, but I was like, come on, put Lewis third. You're like, no, no, no. You didn't believe you're... that. You're such, such a dickhead. Ah. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, driver of the day. Oh, no. Oh, this is bad. Okay. Driver of the day. You went with Max. I went with Perez. It was actually Charles. Charles yeah. So it's still 1 0 to you. You're going to. DNFs, you went with four, I went with three. Oh my god! Screw yes, you. okay. Okay, I screwed it. I'll take that. So one one. So it's seven three. Yes. It is that. Yeah. Or is it seven three or are we going? Celebrating now. Is it seven three or are we going six and a half, two and a half? No, no, we'll go seven three just so I can keep track of the numbers. But you didn't win. 7-3 indicates you won. You didn't win, bro. <laughs> yeah, but it gives you a point as well. The gap yeah. stays the same. It's fine. No, but then All you right. can say, yeah, I got a point, so I won. You didn't <laughs> win. Okay, okay. 7-3. no, All right. So, the next one is... is I'm going to have to move this. Get the angle. British GP, yeah. It is. We are going to Silverstone in two weeks. Let's get this new angle. All right. Silverstone qualifying. You start. I I would like to start actually, but I also have no. You think luck. Lewis will win, yeah? Max Verstappen. No, Lewis will win, bro. No, we're doing qualifying first. You know what? Maybe Lewis will win. How about that? One? Lewis <laughs> win. Come on, come on, come on. Lewis will win you. Yeah. Right, I'm going with Max first. I'm gonna say. Oh no! But the you know what? No, 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 no. I'm gonna go with Charles first. Max second. And then I'm going to go... Uh, who would come third in qualifying, though? Who on earth would do Lewis, that? Lewis, bro. Lewis. Sergio. Does Sergio even like... Yeah, you know what, Lewis? No, you know what? You're going to... I don't care. Lewis, next. Let's go. My... Wait, I haven't said my quality, bro. Actually, no. Oh, God. Yeah, that's what I was asking for. I'm changed. I changed my mind. I take Lewis out of it. I don't trust them. They don't have a qualifying car. Perez, Charles, Max, uh, Sainz. Okay. All right, race. I'm gonna go with. Oh, I surely Max can't win again, but I'm gonna go with Max because. Yeah, no, I'm gonna go with Max, Perez, Charles Leclerc. Charles Max Perez. Charles Leclerc wins. He has to win at some point, so I have to back him. Interesting. Driver of the day. This is a top. Uh, 
I'm thinking, will anyone do a recovery drive? Yeah, you can do. You could probably do something at Silver Sun. To be fair. Um, usually, I go with like the 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 solid the choice, you know. Yeah. yeah, that has done a kind of good job for me so far. I'm thinking, should I go? Like, I'm thinking, I might go George. Ooh. Mm. Okay. Nah, I think I'll go with yeah? Charles. Yeah, Charles, Charles. Charles. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. I'm gonna go with. Yes. Oh, no, I kind of want to go with like. Daniel Ricardo. So I don't know if that'll. Daniel Ricardo. Esteban Ocon. No. Ricardo, bro. Ricardo. No, no, no. There's Ricardo. no way you could try and convince me to put down Daniel Ricardo. Give you a tenner. <laughs> no. no. Uh, <laughs> do I just go with Max? I might. No. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Screw it. We'll go Max. Go on then. Right. DNFs, what do you reckon? Four. I'm going to. Oh, you always go four. No, actually, I used to always go five. But now I'm going four. Yeah, well, how about this? I'm going to go with five. No, go seven, bro. I think this is going to be a big race. I, I'm going to stick with five. I don't see it being okay. that many. Imagine it's like a tire blowout. Oh my god, imagine like eight tires blow out. That's mad. All right, you did the intro so you can see us out of this episode. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, check out all the links down somewhere here or up here somewhere. We will <laughs> And we'll see you guys not next week, the week after at Silverstone. Bye. Wave.